Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with Amanda Stein. So happy that you could join us on the official Devils podcast as we continue to find out more and more about our players. It's an international game, but it's also a game that's spread throughout the United States. At one point, it was just Northeast and then the upper Midwest, but players come from everywhere. Yeah, and even states where you don't imagine there'd be too much too many ice rinks or the weather to accommodate for ice rinks. Exactly. But as the sport has expanded around the country, the growth of the game is apparent. And we are very pleased to welcome someone who I would say 30 years ago, and not just because he wasn't born at the time, we probably wouldn't be talking to because Texas was an outpost. But now it produces players and it has produced Blake Coleman. So, Blake, thanks for joining us today as uh, this project has been exciting. We've gotten to know about your teammates and more about them off the ice than on. So, you ready? You're on the hot seat. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What, what, by the way, is a hot seat for a guy from Plano, Texas? What? (laughs) What is a hot seat? It's got to be pretty hot. hot. That that is one hot place to be. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer for that one. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So how does a kid from Plano, Texas, make it to the National Hockey League? Uh, good good support from the family, and um, obviously timing was a big part of it with the Stars coming in uh, back, I think it was 92, right right after I was born. And um, my grandma's uh, side, of the, or my mom's side of the family is from the Northeast, and I uh, grew up going to Islander games, and once they moved to Texas, she grabbed some, some Stars tickets and... Uh, Nobody really cared much for hockey or wanted to go to the game, so uh, she took the baby, and I couldn't speak yet, so I couldn't couldn't say no, and uh, I loved it from from the start. Uh, they tell stories about my head just kind of following the puck back and forth and and bouncing around, and um, they opened up a few ice rinks right around that time uh, that the stars came in, and I started skating and uh, chasing chasing the skating coach's keys around the ice and. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. I just, I played everything growing up, um, pretty much all sports, but, uh, I knew hockey was, was the one and, and that was my path. So, so that's what it was as you were taking lessons and getting out on the ice, the coach would jiggle his keys. To, so you followed the sound. Was that the idea? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the logic was behind it, but some weird game we'd play where I just chase him around and hold, held his keys up. Uh, yeah, I still remember. I think he was a figure skating coach actually, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was the best we had, and, and we made it work. I mean, you know, you talk about, like, your grandmother, Northeast, your mom from the Northeast. I mean, was there a discussion when you wanted to start skating? Did you have to, like, go through grandma to, like, convince your parents <laughs> to let you do that? I mean, wh- how did that sort of come to be? Uh, I guess I skipped one. I originally started on rollerblades. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was outside, I don't know, six, seven hours a day after school, just <laughs> shooting on the net. Um, got all the neighbors into it. We had five on five games all the time. Uh, taught everybody what hockey was, uh, get the run out of bed at, you know, 6am before school, go get the newspaper, see how the stars did. Uh, grabbing newspaper at 6am seems crazy (laughs) now, but, uh, I just, I loved it. I I loved being around the game. I loved, you know, being off the ice playing. And then, um, once they saw how obsessed I was playing roller hockey and, uh, being out there so much, then we, we just tested the ice thing and, um, I think I was six when I went out for my first travel team tryout. Just I was young. I think the team was like eight and under. Uh, I just went to see what it was all about and uh, 
ended up getting the last spot on the team and <laughs> we kind of just ran with it. Was it hard being from Texas? I mean, rinks were starting to come into place, as you mentioned. Not a lot of guys. I'm sure the travel team wasn't Plano only, or maybe it was. I mean, you had to find competition elsewhere, right? Uh, not an easy path. It's not like growing up in a hockey hotbed. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, I think I was one of two from Plano. We were kind of all over the Metroplex. Um Obviously, my parents had a, a pretty big time and uh, financial commitment to make. Um, you know, our, our original rink was about 45 minutes away from home, and um, you know they made the drive three days a week and traveled every weekend to Colorado or Canada or Austin or whatever. And uh, we were actually we were double A at the time, but we were actually we were good. I have a, a little poster or something that has our record. We were like 50 wins, four losses, and a tie that year, and we. Uh, we beat up on a lot of Canadian teams, and um, obviously Stefan Nason was actually on my team that year, and uh, a kid named Colton Hargrove who's still uh, playing in the American. We actually had a handful of guys going to play college and pro hockey. Uh, we were kind of that first, at least one of the first waves of, of players to make it out of Texas. You you mentioned Steph Nason, who you obviously played with when you were young, but also in the at the NHL. What, what was that like, just like knowing – you guys are not from the typical sort of background, and here you are, two guys from Plano, Texas, playing on the same NHL team. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, we, went, we went in the same draft, uh, so we were both there together. Um, he, he went off to Michigan um, when he was 14 or so. Uh, so we kind of, you know, we weren't out of touch completely, but we didn't see each other yeah. much. And um, So obviously we congratulate each other, you know, at the draft and, know how cool you know getting drafted and he was obviously went in the first round which is awesome and um and then yeah i remember i got called up originally and he texted me you know just oh congrats like what do you think about the league and like you know it's the best (laughs) it's great you know i remember uh we were on the western canada trip and uh he was actually one of the first people to to reach out and then uh you know sure enough a few months later he was on my team so uh it was cool it's cool to come full circle and and to be one of the few guys that that truly grew up playing in Texas, you know, there's some guys that are from Texas, they yeah, from they're, Texas. They're, yeah, they you know, grew with, up in like Toronto, yeah, well, quotes, quotes around <laughs> Seth Jones, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. claims Jones are. is closer than yeah, yeah. Jonesy played some years uh, when he was older. Uh, he was Colorado back and forth a little bit. I actually, played with Jonesy's brother, uh, so I knew them really well. Um, so who steals? Te- who who are the guys who stole in Texas but did not really yeah. in Texas? Uh, I think. I think Tyler Myers maybe is oh, it? Yes, true, that yeah. is true. Says Texas. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Houston, um, but really Calgary. Yeah, Brian Leach. Um, yep. Using Texas. Yeah, I think Corpus Christi, I think he was from. I which, think you're right, yep. Um, who else? Nick Cordelis, he was uh, an Anaheim pick. Um, but but your Lone Star State through and through. Yeah, born yeah. and raised. Yeah, that's right. Proud. You go home every summer, right? Go like home, that's yeah. where you go every yeah. summer. Back to Dallas. Yeah, people no longer wonder what that hockey thing is, right? Yeah, people are they're hopping on, man. The, yeah. Once the Stars won the Cup in '99, it it exploded, um, and then it kind of came back down to earth again, and and now the Stars are. It's uh it's a little fair weather as the Stars do well, the state does yeah. well, uh, picking up players, and and now there's you know a couple kids a year getting drafted out of Texas. Uh, which is it's cool yeah it is indeed so between texas and making your nhl debut there's a fairly long road to travel you had a move to play in the ushl you played with the indiana 
Ice. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I started. Jeff Lashill was coaching there? He was, yeah. Uh, I actually started in Tri-City. I was drafted to Tri-City in Nebraska. Um, Spent about four months there. And then once I committed to Miami of Ohio, I ended up being traded for by Jeff Blaschel, who obviously coached at Miami, Ohio, and had strong ties. We joked about being the uh, the farm team. I think we had six <laughs> commitments to Miami on our team at the time, and uh, so yeah, we just we all ran the same systems, and we were smooth transition. So, so what's it like being? How old were you when you got traded? Yeah. Like oh, we gosh, know it's yeah. a part of the NHL, the professional life. How old were you when you got traded in the what USHL? Goes your, your head. Gosh, I must. Uh, I would have been eighteen, I believe. Uh, and that was crazy. Yeah, I remember I got we were at home playing Des Moines, and I think we were about twenty, just over twenty games into the season. Um, and I, you know, my name wasn't on the board when I walked in. I was like, well, That's not good. It's oh, not, yeah, yeah. It's not going, a great sign. It's not going in the right direction. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, maybe I got, uh, maybe I'm a health bomb tonight. I don't know. So I, <laughs> um, obviously, was not very happy at the time, but. Uh, you know, when I went up to the press box, watched the entire game, not knowing what's going on. So you still so didn't know. Said anything Nobody said you. anything. No, I just went up up top, was watching the game, uh, just angry, really. I was like, this sucks, like uh, whatever. But uh, after the game, coach calls me in. He's like, hey, like you know, I'm sure it's probably weird to you. You're not playing. I'm like, yeah, it's a little. <laughs> um, he's like, well, we've traded you uh, to the Indiana Ice. Uh, they play Chicago on you know, two days from now. And if you can make it great, if not, you know, they said there's no pressure, but, uh, like, well, I'm not gonna miss a game. So I load up the car. Um, I think my mom flew out immediately and then we drove she and she's oh, like, yeah. I, I knew you yeah. shouldn't have gotten into this yeah. hockey thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, we drove 17 hours cross country. I played the next day and against Chicago, uh, scored my first goal as a member of the ice and the rest was, uh, was history. Wow, who did you get traded for? Oh man, uh, they have a bag of pucks that are still sitting around the rink in uh, Nebraska, I'm sure. But I think it was you the obviously had rounder. untapped potential yeah. that they just didn't see yeah. in Tri City. He was a seventh round uh, conditional pick or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, we mentioned you mentioned her mom really quickly there. I, you know, on the mom's trip two years ago, I got to know her. Uh, Matt, I think you've met Sandy too. She's incredible. I mean, yep. Just how big of a support have your parents been to you throughout the, you know, because allowing you to, you know, leave home early and sort of cut those ties a little bit at a younger age. Like how, how has it affected your family as well? Like your path, which is unique because you do end up leaving home so early. Yeah, they've been, you know, they've been everything for, for me getting to where I am. And, um, we made a tough decision at 15. Um, I was asked to come play in Detroit uh, with Team Bell Tire at the time, uh, just out of a national tournament. They just asked if I'd be interested, and we uh, sat down, and that was right around the time when kids were starting to commit to colleges, and and I hadn't gotten any looks, and uh, had you know we had good teams in Dallas, but I weren't sure we were going to have the next year, and. Um, you know, they took a leap of faith, and I did too, and, and I shipped off to, to Michigan before I could drive and, and lived with another family and um, ended up being a really great decision. Uh, we ended up winning the national championship that year, uh, playing for Tory Krug, and his, his dad was our coach, uh, Kyle Krug. Um, 
and I learned a lot. And I learned how to be a two-way player up there. I learned uh, he was very hard, like tough nose, just wanted the wanted guys to compete. And uh, I can really credit him for that side of my game. Uh, cause up until then, I was kind of a pretty boy skilled player, uh, <laughs> which thank God I found the other side because I didn't have enough skill to make it all the way. But um, but like you said, my, my parents were open-minded enough to, to let me do it and let me follow my dream. And um, obviously, you know, it gets talked about a ton, but financial commitments are, are big for hockey players, whether you're in Canada, the North, but Texas, uh, especially you're, you're traveling every single weekend and, and, uh, the prices for, for travel hockey are kind of outrageous. So, um, I get the, na- the occasional reminder from time to time, but yeah, <laughs> we did uh, this for you. yeah don't yeah. forget, you know, don't forget all those tournaments. And, but you know, you do bring up a good point about the sport and I know a lot is being done. Our hockey in New Jersey program is very good about expanding the opportunities for those who can't afford yeah. 10 $15,000 a year and sometimes more depending on what level you're playing at. It's an incredible financial commitment and unfortunately because of that, while it certainly has benefits, we, we see some of the great players that have come up and played players we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know who we're missing, I guess is the point. But there's got to be some balance. They've got to figure out some way to try to make this, this sport a little more accessible because it's and for you, the payoff was obvious. You know, you made the National Hockey League, which is fabulous. But you're the very tip of the iceberg. And there's a lot of money being spent on people, kids. And I would make the same commitment did for my children, not on the hockey level. You do anything for your kids. but And the payoff isn't what everybody thinks it is. So it's it's huge. And, you know, it only works out for a very small percentage of people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think there's, I like there's a strong effort to kind of get hockey um, – in front of kids at least that are maybe not aware of it or in, in lower income populations. But, um, to your point, I think, you know, the gear, the, there's just so many little things you have to buy that go into the sport that, um, I think I saw sticks the other day at $250, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and you break, yeah, and you break one in a practice and you got to go buy another. So yeah, yeah. I remember I used to, uh, in midgets, I would use a wooden stick in practice because I only got only I only got one. a certain amount, so I yeah. I'd use wood in practice. It actually made my game better too because I'd get to a game and be all excited that I could actually handle a puck again. And, it, uh, does it is it easier to? I mean, you know, forgive me, I, I don't play hockey, but like <laughs> with the wooden stick being so much heavier, is that what you're talking like that type of yeah. difference? So like when you actually get to play, it's so much easier. Yeah, it's almost a similar concept to like a weighted puck. Yeah. Um, you you kind of stick handle that, or you stick handle the wood stick. Uh, just you have to use you know a lot more muscle but focus and just mm-hmm. um, so that when you go to a lighter stick you just feel a lot quicker and a lot faster and actually check me out yeah it actually worked out great I remember I'd get Mike Madonna's old uh, game used half broken sticks out of the pro shop those are my my go-to um, in midgets but but yeah like you said it's it's uh, it's a shame that more people can't you know afford it. Uh, when it's such a great game, it, it should be shared by everybody. I think. But but a lot of work is being done in that area. More needs to be done, but it's it's good because it is such mm-hmm. an expensive endeavor. What was your welcome to the NHL moment? My welcome to the NHL moment. Um, gosh. It's like whether it be like, okay, I've arrived, I'm here, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> yeah, I know. My first game was in Edmonton. That game was a 
whirlwind. I barely even remember it. Um, so you got called up while the team was on the West Coast. Was that it? So we were leaving, leaving for the West for Coast. Leaving for the West Coast. Okay. Yeah, we actually had a disaster of a day. Um, we got on the runway, and I can't remember what happened. We ended up sitting on the runway for about four and a half hours. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember yeah. that flight. You were like, welcome to the NHL. It was my first day, and I was like, everyone else is just like, this, you know, F this, screw that. You're like, I'm in a nice I'm like, what place. are you talking about? This is great. I got right? my Netflix going. I had my reclining chair for the first time. I was like... I had zero complaints, uh, and then that was obviously followed by a four or five hour flight to Edmonton. So we were almost ten hours on the plane, um, and uh, I loved every second of that. But uh, I think the boys had a tough, tough game. Maybe up before that, and so my first meeting was a very intense <laughs> uh, meeting in the NHL. So my first few first few days were definitely uh, memorable. I'll never forget all those things, but. Uh, hockey moment. Uh, I don't know. I remember my first goal in Vancouver, third game. Uh, what I thought was my first goal would have been game winner. Uh, that was pretty upsetting. Got called back for an offsides that happened 30 seconds earlier. Uh, went on to win that game though. So it was good. And then obviously scoring my, my actual, my real first goal against my hometown team was probably my, that moment, uh, that you're talking about where, it was the most special thing, and and uh, it took me a while to get there, so it, you know it makes it that much sweeter. You talked about you know joining the the NHL team for the first time, and maybe some really heated um, meetings beforehand. Like, do you sit in the back? Like, where do you sort of sit in that situation? Because like you're the new guy, so you want to like you know be there and be present, but do you kind of like hide in the back or? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, this one was this was a big time meeting. This is one that's still talked about to this day. Um, I remember, I remember there were so many clips that I kid you not, I was sitting there thinking he's gonna pull up my Albany clips right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get me. This guy, <clears throat> this coach is gonna get me here, and uh, that's just I was so paranoid that he was somehow gonna get me, but he didn't. And uh, obviously, um, we, you know, we went out and, and we won that game. So. It's really funny. Uh, yeah, it's just that's how she goes. So it was in the midst of a tough go round, is what you're saying, and people were there. There were a lot of examples being made of yes, yeah, and not necessarily positive. You did this well, so and so. You did this well. Uh, it was, was not like, a feel good meeting. No, it was. It was. Uh, that was a good welcome to the NHL moment, I should say. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to all be roses and sunshine, yeah. is it? That's did you it. ever doubt that you'd get here? Yeah, plenty of times. Um, I think the biggest obstacle i mean growing up here oh i want to make it to the, oh i want you know i want to make it i want to make it i want to get a college commitment first you know that was my first i want to make it to college i got that and i was like all right that's great i want to get drafted that'd be so cool got drafted uh higher than expected um so that was great really really cool experience we were at the draft in minnesota and then you think you know you get drafted you're like all right i'm in, i'm there i'm like almost there i'm basically there and uh and you're not. You're not basically there. For a lot of people, it's it's a long road. And I still had uh, four years of college ahead of me. Um, you know, I still had the minors ahead of me. So anyway, I made it to the minors. Um, felt good about my game. I started playing really well. I was about 14 games in. And then just when things were going the right way, I blew my shoulder out. <clears throat> Missed the entire season. And I'd say that was probably the the biggest mental hurdle for me was you know, I was 24, I think, at the time, 23, 24. 
um, which in, you know in hockey your your yeah. shot is right around anywhere from you know 18 obviously to but not, not many guys make it post 25 let's say 26 mm-hmm. years old um and so yeah i was i was kind of i was missing a whole year right there and um spent a lot of nights just kind of sitting out in the hot tub and, and contemplating you know where where this was going where my career i had one year left on my entry level and and uh, i knew that i had to have a good year that could be it so um but i, I always believed in myself i knew i could get it, do it i knew i had the work ethic to uh to beat spots out and stuff like that so uh, as long as i got healthy again and, and i did and i put in the work to get back and I uh, went to my sixth development camp that year. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a vet. <laughs> yeah, I was a seasoned vet at development camp and, um, you know, put a good preseason in and then obviously got my shot about halfway through. So, um, but yeah, there's there's some doubt at some points, but um, not in myself, just in, you know, you got to get the opportunity and a lot of it's yeah. timing and, and uh, how the team's doing, stuff like that. So, so when did you discover the power of pickle juice <laughs> uh, like, was that an early thing or was it like an nhl thing i have to ask because sh- I absolutely feel like you can't not you know delve into i think most bit. people know but yeah. uh, pickle juice helps you in terms oh, yeah, of sorry, avoiding yeah. cramps yeah you discovered that it, and now you know you're a pickle mogul <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if that fits on a business card <laughs> play coleman pickle <laughs> juice mogul but pickle so juice when, mogul when that, like how, like how does one yeah <sighs> Well, is that like an internet thing where you're like looking up how to? It wasn't. I actually, so my my family's all just chronic crampers. My dad played tennis, football, you know, for a long time and had problems with cramping. My brother, uh, college tennis, same thing. Yeah. Um, it's like it's bad. It's to the point where I remember in college I was thought I was gonna have to quit hockey because I couldn't finish really? a game. I couldn't finish games. I would get into the third period, my legs would just start seizing up and. Uh, I tried everything um, to the point where I was, I was pretty desperate, <laughs> and I was like, whatever people had to say, I was trying it. Like, you would just do whatever. Yeah. yeah, I was pouring salt down my throat, like, whatever. Um, and then I remember we were in Colorado, and and uh, one of my teammates was like, oh, you got to try this pickle juice for the altitude. I do it for the altitude for my cramps. And I'm like, pickle like, juice. Wait, what? So he had a jar of pickles, on, not unlike myself, on uh, opening night. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I was like, all right, give me a little shot of that or whatever. So I, you know, I took a few shots of his little pickle juice and uh, made it through the game, cramp free for the first time. And I've never made it through an out two game, uh, so it was the first time. I was like, oh, it's, maybe it's a weird coincidence. So I tried it a few more times, and that was it. I didn't cramp. I haven't cramped since in a game, um, unless I forget my juice. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> quick <laughs> reminder. Yeah, the, the first year was tough. Whoops. I'd go hunt down a Whole Foods or a Kroger or whatever and try to find some pickle juice for the game on the road. Um, and now it's carried in the yeah in the stock of Gatorade. And yeah, all that's that. right. And so now I just uh, that's the motivation between uh, or to make my own was just to have it on on hand for me, but. Uh, I don't have that issue anymore. And conveniently, Blake sits in the locker room right next to the fridge. So you can like <laughs> keep an eye on. I mean, there were pickles in there for a long time. That's right. I mean, Maddie made then, me a few one time. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Little, little, little known yeah, fact, fact. A little, little new trait I can make. I, I am a pickle maker. That's it. Not a mogul. <laughs> <laughs> but I do grow pickles and that's in, like a family over the business summer. for you. Because I know your sisters are heavily involved. I mean, you know, we all think of... 
Blake and, and this idea of like the pickle juice, but your entire family is involved in this process, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, my sisters are both very talented. Um, one's a graphic designer. Um, so it was a lot of fun to work with her. She did all the, the design work with um, P20 like and the... Discovering, or like the, the actual pickle guy himself. Yeah, yeah. she, uh, well, her and her friend, uh, uh, Katie made that uh, pickle character and they've kind of had some fun with that. And uh, she did everything, like the whole, from the website to she helped design it all. So uh, it's cool to like spend that with her and, and obviously um, help her out if I can financially. Um, and then my younger sister as well. She got, she came on late, so she got the logistical stuff. But is that another way of saying she got the grunt work? Of yeah, the business? Yeah. yeah, and she's the little sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she's yeah, the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're great, and we get to, you know it gives us a good reason to catch up and and talk and uh, and obviously we we do it you know we have the charity side of it, which is which is also great. Um, you know if we can give back through through pickles, and you know you know it's great. Uh, I think it's great. And and you're not you know you've got. A few siblings. <laughs> You're not the only famous one in the group. I know you have a brother who's you know a musician and quite accomplished himself, right? I do, yeah. Uh, my brother Jeff. He uh, actually, my whole family's just out watching him perform. He was in Texas, uh, just outside of Dallas uh, during our last game, so I guess two two nights ago. And uh, he plays with Michael Ray right now. He's plays guitar for him, and um, he's a great story too. He kind of reminds me of my story as far as um he kind of grinded it wasn't in the minors but he he (laughs) grinded and he played in uh small clubs feel like the sure yeah yeah. exactly he played in tulsa oklahoma for a long time and just kind of bounced around and and uh but did his thing he was passionate he loved it um you know it's a hard hard living i'm sure but he you know he loved what he was doing and he stuck with it and finally got a call um to go to Nashville to try out for the Swan Brothers at the time, who were on The Voice and uh, had had a big single that had just come out. And uh, he drove you know, seven, eight hours, uh, went out, did his performance, drove back to Tulsa, got the call and, and got the got the opportunity and, and took advantage of it. Uh, and since then, he's played with Jana Kramer and uh, now Michael Ray. But um, it's cool. It's really cool to see him on the big stage and, and see him doing well and and uh knowing how hard he's worked for it and uh you know we all enjoy his success so long car rides play a, ro- a role in uh, both of your <laughs> career paths yours a little longer from tri-city yeah. but his was all- equally long and it resulted in success will you see him when we get to nashville in a couple of weeks uh i try to every time we go if it links up just depends yeah. if it works yeah. out what's the best part about being a businessman how much time do you devote to it during the season is it more off season uh, it's mostly off season for me. Uh, my sisters do most of the, the work during the season. Um, you know, I try to do what I can, but mostly for me, in season is more of the charitable stuff. We'll get kids out to some games, and uh, I mean, me and Jordan went and saw the the boys and girls club not too long ago, and spent some time there. And um, so that's more just more of the giving back time for me. Uh, the summer's more of the getting into the the details and the nitty gritty, but. Uh, Getting it started was hard. It was hard work. Uh, it was a lot of work, more than I had anticipated. I remember halfway through, we kind of looked at each other like, "Are we still doing this?" Or, <laughs> um, but no, oh, my sister is great. She um, obviously she works harder than anybody. So, uh, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out. Um, you know, it's funny. We we got almost 
to the half hour point and Jordan's name was finally mentioned. <laughs> we talked about growing up in Texas, yeah. working your way through the USHL, key moments early on in your career, the business side of things. <laughs> now we get to marriage. How's it going? <laughs> it's uh, business as usual. It's it's great. Yeah. Nothing's nothing's too different yet. Where'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in Plano. We grew up actually six, seven doors down. She grew up in the same neighborhood as me and um, was actually good friends with my older sister at the time. Uh, and then we just kind of lost touch. Uh, even our families kind of lost touch a little bit. And then uh, 20 years later, reconnected and... How did you reconnect? Uh, I love this story. We I tell did. it very differently. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> I told I scored my first NHL goal against the Stars, like yeah. we talked about, and uh, had a few friends at the game, actually from Dallas, that are living in New York, New York now. And uh, we took a photo on the ice after the game, and and they posted it, and uh, she saw it because we're well, you know, mutual friends, and shot me a follow on Instagram. I was like, oh, she's into me. I knew it. <laughs> no, I saw her. I saw her pop up. I was like, oh, this girl's cute. And I was like, wait, I know You're her. Like, I, know. I know this girl. This is great. All right. So I reached out, uh, asked her how she was doing, how the family was. Um, and then we started just casually talking for a little while. And then um, once I got home to Dallas, I took her out to uh, a date. Well, it was a group date. I had to feel her out with, you know, some, some company and, and to make safety, sure it was all Safety, yeah, and safety numbers, first. for sure. Uh, I'm sure she, I'm sure she felt <laughs> better in safety yeah. with numbers too. Thank goodness for going out in a group. Yeah, yeah. Went to Top Golf. She actually ended up going to the wrong Top Golf. Yeah, there's amazing. three of them in our area, and she was about 45 minutes away. And she That's called me. Fantastic. She's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm at Doc, you know, 18 or whatever." I was like, "No, you're not." Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm here. yeah she was a good sport. She drove all the way back, obviously, and. Uh, yeah, the rest was uh, is history. And yeah. now you have a little lady of your own coming this year. That must be very uh, exciting. Or next year, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. A little <laughs> that princess. That must be very exciting. Yeah. I'm, Jordan. I'm thrilled. Obviously, Jordan's over the moon. and uh, We're firing up the nursery right now. We're doing all that. There's pink everywhere. The house is... Uh, it's already converted, so I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm all team team girl right now. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. I just felt the first... Uh, First few kicks not too long ago, so that was, it's awesome, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. um, I told Jordan I started writing Charlie on my stick two games or no three games ago. I'm on a three game point streak, so I got to. And that, that's I got her the with name me. of the of, right Charlie. Oh yeah, Charlie is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, I should yeah. mention that. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie is is uh, her name, and uh, yeah, hopefully everything goes well here. And March first, we'll we'll see her. Which is like a, a weird time, right? Because isn't that during like the California trip ish? So like how like was that like the first thing you may have looked at like when you <laughs> found out what the due date was supposed to be? Yeah, it was it was the first thing. Uh, You're like, uh -oh. poor planning. <laughs> yeah, poor <laughs> it's the first thing my mom said. I'm like, let's just be thankful. Yeah, she's like, you didn't plan around the games. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, it is. I think it's in the middle of a back to back in uh, L. A. and. Yeah. It's always L.A. Anaheim on that trip. We never get yeah. a day off in between. I know, no, I always, know. Yeah. It's always get on the bus and, and head to Anaheim. Yeah, hit them both. And then Vegas is on the third. Cam is Vegas. So, you know, we're going to make <laughs> it work. We're going to have it on the second. I'm going to fly back on the second, fly back out. <laughs> yeah. Go back. Exactly. You, you can make it work. Well, we certainly wish you the very best of luck and a healthy uh, and happy marriage and parenthood and fatherhood and all that sort of stuff. You grew up because of grandma. 
hockey guy, so the family became hockey. Jordan know anything about hockey till she met you? Uh-huh. Uh no. I wish they had a Hockey for Dummies book. They might have one. I don't they know. Do, they do, by the way. Bruce Driver, yeah. former Devils captain, authored one many years ago with Claire Wharton, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. It's one. It's in that Dummies 4 series, yeah. so there you go. give it a little, uh, yeah. little search. You'll find well, it. She's come, no, she's come a long yeah. way. She's, uh, it started out where you know, I'd, I'd be minus two and, and get off the ice, and she'd be all smiles. Yeah. Hey, great game, man. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I wouldn't talk to her. You were for skating and you were moving. You were looking good. Yeah. Uh, now she knows. She knows where I'm going to be at when I get off the ice. If I'm going to be in a good or bad mood, or so she's she's picked up on it all and she's been to every game and, um, you know, even when she didn't know exactly what was going on, she was always there supporting. So, uh, she's a great great partner in that in we, that sense. We should do a, a podcast with some of the wives or we you should. know significant others only because you mentioned moods. Well, no, you, yeah, well, we get <laughs> yeah. that. But you mentioned moods. I mean, this is your livelihood. It's a yeah. very serious endeavor, and a game will stick with you if you're mm-hmm. competitive for a long time. And how does she handle the mood swings? Obviously pretty well. You decide to marry her, but uh, yeah. or she decided to marry you, I should <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. I think she said way. yes. Uh, she Are does... you very moody at home? I get moody. I get a little moody. Uh, mostly with, with, it's always hockey related, uh, if I'm in a mood, but, uh, yeah, tough losses or, you know, if I'm not playing up to the way that I know I can play, uh, I'll be pretty sour for a while and she, she's learned how to handle it. Um, you know, and she's, she's good about picking me back up real quick and, and no reminder that it's an 82 game season and, Oh, you're all, it's always like this. You always have bagging. They have a great game. It's okay, you know. <laughs> all right, she's my life coach now. Yeah, but, that's it. Uh, she's she's been great. She's handled it well. She knows when to when to press and talk, and when to just kind of let me uh, sit with my yep. thoughts. And we're gonna give Blake a little space tonight. That's what she'll be telling the kids. Uh, you know, we're gonna give Dad just a little space, and we're gonna go out tonight, right? You yeah, have to. You have it. to. Yeah, for sure. Do you have to take space from like Win, your dog? No, you know, like oh, Win is God. famous, you know. Like yeah, Win is. Uh, so like, if you're in those bad moods, does he make it better? He breaks through, yeah. He breaks the ice. Jordan, Jordan mostly can break through, and then if she doesn't, wins the second layer, and he uh, he gets me every time. So <laughs> his little face at the door and his big old hugs, and uh, he's a good reminder that there's there's more to life. <laughs> and we found out a lot more about your life, uh, Blake. Thank you very much for joining us we today. We have one more question. It's the big it's one. The big we one. saved the best oh. one yeah, for last. We, we ask it of every player who comes on the podcast to really get to know guys. And the question is, is what does Blake Coleman do on the plane when we're traveling? Matt and I mm. never see you guys because we're up in the front. So we want who do you sit with? What do you do? What's your, what's your routine? Uh... It varies, I guess. I sit with Pav, uh, Zaka in the back, and You're in the way back, like yeah, we're it used to be called Broadway's Cabin when when Hazy was here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's me and him, and then we got Nico and Bradder, Bokey Blackie, uh, Hades, Woody, Butchie. I think that's most of it, but it's a good crew. And so we, what's your routine like? Well, it depends on if we win or lose. Uh, if we win, we're usually pretty chatty. Um, usually, there's some music playing. Guys will start hitting the, the lights buttons, getting a little, <laughs> a little good feel in the back. Um, and then if it's a loss, it's headphones on, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Get your mind somewhere else immediately. Where do you go to on Netflix? 
Uh, I just watched that. Uh, what was the name of that show? The one that's dubbed over in Spanish. They robbed the oh money heist. Oh, I have not seen. Yeah, that. I just did the money heist show. That was that was solid. Um, I actually really just got into that World War II in color. I, I started you, that last night. Yeah, I, I mean, started. I it. It's really good. It's uh, usually I get kind of bored by those kind of documentaries, but I was I was into that one. Kind of riveted, eh? Uh, do you talk much with Pav? Is he a sleeper? Do you sleep much? Doesn't sound like you do. No, we don't sleep at all. Uh, one, because you know you get to the hotel and you've already slept, you're probably in trouble. Uh, too, and I'm always usually wired after. Nico's games, already copped to it. Yeah, well, yeah, he yeah. Says, Nico's like, already copped. He's out. Yeah, Nico's immediate. That guy can sleep through anything. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, me and Pavel usually talk uh, the whole fight, just about well, first first ten minutes about the game, and then we'll start talking about life and you know. Cool. Window or aisle? Aisle. Always, like you guys don't ever switch it up. Always, always, okay. Yeah. Quicker, yeah, quicker to the stuck bathroom. In the aisle. Maddie, I, I think wants a window. <laughs> I would love a window, but Chico takes it. My my, the first time we started traveling with the team, Sherry Ross was my broadcast partner. She preferred the window. She likes looking out, seeing the ground. She's a little fearful of flying. A lot of people have that, but she wanted to see the ground. So I said okay, and then I thought. Oh well, when it's your it, turn. when it's it was your time, turn to take I had some stripes. Even though, but Chico's been here really since the beginning in one form or another. So he was like, "No." <laughs> so I'm I'm an aisle guy. One day, maybe if I'm Lost lucky, that battle maybe again. if I'm lucky, I'll, I'll, I'll get the windows. But anyway, thanks for giving us a window into your life, Blake. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. So he's kind of got an okay plain story, right? Yeah, I wasn't impressed. Right. I wasn't impressed. I was like, come on, give me something to work with here. Right, sleep, yeah. uh, watch a real estate or listen to a real estate for, podcast yeah, or you something. Know? You know? <laughs> talk about the game Just for 10 minutes with Pav and then talk about life. Come on, guys. But I remember that plane trip, by the way. it was That was before I was here. Yes, yeah. and I do remember because there was a little – just a little bump as we were leaving. And I think okay. it, it was the, uh, if I have it, if I remember it right, it was the plane pushing or the uh, mechanism pushing us yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of hit the nose of the plane, put a little crack in it. Okay. And we had to wait and we had to wait and we had to wait. Now, my brother is a pilot. Okay. So they said, well, we're going to bring in some tape. We just have <laughs> like to tape scotched. up. Well, yeah, we, we have to tape up because it's not that big, but we can't fly with it. So we have to put tape. I, nope, I wouldn't. I'd be like, Pete, I'm out of here. Please yeah. let me off the plane. Well, Pete, Pete Albeats is our uh, media relations director, our, our uh, VP. But Pete is my brother also, oh, not Pete Albeats, but my brother Pete. So I'm texting him saying, like, uh, hey, what man. is this speed tape? He goes, ah, we use it all the time. And he flew in the military for the Marines. Yeah. So I said, well, if it's good for, like, that high-speed maneuvers that you have to make, I can't imagine I guess it's very okay. comforting. I'll be like, we're just going to tape this up and then get you, get you right up on the air all the way to Western Yeah, Canada. yeah. It's not a permanent fix but it but was it's gonna hang on until we get to edmonds we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> no, tape no i no. we're gonna tape i mean you know me i'm not very good at all yes on the planes i often have like my head in my hands and you have a window seat as well i do i do is it because so, like sherry ross you need to look and see the no ground? it has nothing to do with that i've actually only become a bad flyer in like <laughs> i think since i started this job because uh, I, I guess just because we're on the plane so much um no um, Chris Williams, my cameraman, he let me sit in the window. So he was just okay. a gentleman about it. 
and then now I sit with Erica from MSG, and I was like, I sit in the window seat. Well, well once you get <laughs> like, it, right? It's like I, I can't move. I'm hanging move. on. I'm hanging nope, on. No, Blake's not moving <laughs> yeah. from the aisle. That's just the <laughs> exactly. way it goes. Once you get a seat, it is your seat indeed. Well, this has been such a great project for us to do. I know so you enjoy fun. it. Yeah. I've had a great deal of enjoyment doing it, but most importantly, we've gotten terrific reaction, yeah. uh, not only in the number of views, but then individually getting responses. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks. I learned this. I learned that. So it's all part of the fun of the Devil's Pond. Podcast, and uh, this was another good episode. Good to be here with you, Maddie. Always good to be with Amanda C. Stein. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us this week. We'll see you next time on the Devil's Official Podcast.